store to give to your dad for Father's Day, and here's what it said. It said, Dad, everything I know, except one thing that I learned on my own, the family car can do 110 miles an hour. Happy Father's Day. I'll tell you what, if my kid was 16, I'd be a little bit concerned if I got a card like that on uh, Father's Day. But you know, that, uh, that uh, little uh, statement does teach us the truth, doesn't it? Uh, every day of our lives, we're teaching. And by the way, if you drive like that, you're teaching too, you know. Um, but the truth of the matter is, every day of our lives, we are teaching. There's another story that's told in an old devotional book about a little girl who was out with her father, and they were looking at their new yard, a yard that had been worked on. Actually, it was quite a mess because uh, the grass hadn't yet grown in. They actually put little sections of grass throughout the yard that would eventually fill in, but right now it was somewhat of a muddy mess because they had watered and they had put it all in. Uh, it was going to be someday a beautiful yard, but it wasn't. Well, the father, you know, he decided he was going to walk across the yard because guys do those kind of things, you know. I just want to see what this is like. And so he's carefully walking across, stepping on the grass while his daughter sees this going on. She decides she's going to follow. But uh, thankfully, she had the sense to know you don't walk through the mud. So she would step where her dad stepped, and she followed him along, stepping on each clump of grass as her father did. And her dad turned around and saw her following, and he was a little concerned. But she smiled, and she said, Daddy, uh, if you don't get mud on your feet, I won't get any mud on me. That's a challenging thought, isn't it? Uh, each mom and dad should ask themselves, what am I doing today to keep my child's feet from getting muddy? What am I doing today to keep my child's feet from getting muddy? Am I the kind of example, am I living the kind of life God would have me to live? With those stories in mind, I draw your attention to a book in the Bible. Yes, you heard me correctly, a book. Second Chronicles. may sound like a strange place to have you turn this morning on Father's Day. I understand that. And it may sound a little bit scary when I say it's a book we're going to look at because we're not going to look at one specific chapter or one specific verse. We're going to look at a number of verses throughout the book. And I know that's especially scary because you know that I have a tendency. I can be, I can be long-winded with one verse. And now we're talking about a whole book. I'm going to preach a whole book today. No, I want you to see a truth. It kind of stood out to me, a little different one. It's a little different kind of message this morning. And uh, we're going to start at 2 Chronicles chapter 17. Chapter 17. So I guess not the whole book, but we'll pick up there in a few moments. Uh, and it speaks in these uh, passages about men who are either following in the footsteps of their father or going another direction. Uh, many times when I'm preparing for a special day, I'll go through the Bible, like for Mother's Day, I might look up the word mother, and <laughs> you'll find plenty of verses in the Bible that say mother, so-and-so was the mother of, and so-and-so was the mother of, and why it can take a lot of time, but you know the word father is found four more, far more times in the Bible than mother. I didn't mean that to kind of cut on you. It's Father's Day. We're trying to honor dads, right? So, But that's the truth of the matter. It, and many times then you'll just see uh, so-and-so was the father of so-and-so. And, -so, and uh, you kind of got to wade through to find valuable verses, right? That will help you. And yet, 
Sometimes a word study is a good thing because it can teach us some valuable lessons. Well, in going through just a number of different passages that deal with fathers or talk about a father, um, I was looking through the book of Chronicles. Yes, Second Chronicles. And I came to a section starting in chapter 17 and on all the way through, I want to say chapter 34 or so, toward the end of the book, where um, different kings come into power. And you know, almost without exception, every king that takes over, takes over from his father, and then you read something about them. We're going to see in chapter 17 in just a moment, the first one, Jehoshaphat, who was a king of Israel, and we're going to see what he did in relation to, if you would, his fathers. Now, sometimes when you see uh, fathers being mentioned, it'll talk about his father David. Does anyone have any idea why? Because Jehoshaphat was not the son of David. Solomon was, who took over the kingdom. But what God does many times is point back to David and his leadership and his godliness and say, so-and-so followed his father, David. Now, other times, we're going to have kings mentioned. You're going to see. There's going to be a list for us. And so, uh, the first point in our outline this morning is, again, a different message. I have no way to outline this really great. So, here we go. The people and their path. I want you to see the people and their path. Since I don't know how to outline under, under the first point, you can list the verses, maybe even the people. Because these men ruled in Israel, some were good kings, some were bad kings, but each had been influenced by a father. Each had been impacted by a father. Each had to make a choice and a decision. Am I going to follow my father? Am I going to forsake what my father taught me? And each one teaches us. Now, there's something else that's interesting this morning. I know you're just intrigued, aren't you? There is no specific pattern. We're going to see a number of kings that either should have or shouldn't have followed their fathers. So, let's see this morning what God has for us in many verses, starting in 2 Chronicles 17, verse 3. And the Bible says, And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat. Because, because why? He walked in the first ways of his father David, and sought not unto Balaam, but sought the Lord God of his father, and walked in his commandments, and not after the doings of Israel. Isn't that great? Look, here's a son, makes a decision. Well, actually, great, 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 great grandson, or something to that effect. There's a number of greats in that. I, I can't tell you how many. Someone's going to figure it out, though, and you'll probably figure it out during the message. Shame on you, all right? But anyway, his great-great-great-great-grandfather, David, who was sitting on the throne, was a godly man and lived for God, and the children of Israel and Jehoshaphat's day weren't living for God. But you know what Jehoshaphat did? He said, I don't care if the rest of the world isn't going to serve God. I am. I don't care if the rest of the people in Israel aren't. aren't. I am going to serve the Lord. And so he followed the example of his Father, his great-great-great-grandfather, or great-great-great-great, or great-great. Someone already knows what it is, I figure out, and someone's going to, again, do it sometime for, for their own study, I know. But he was a man that learned from his father, and he did what was right. Uh, in fact, he learned from uh, both, uh, as, as well, look in chapter 20 and verse 32, because it's interesting. He doesn't just say it was David that he learned from. But in chapter 20, in verse 32, it says this, And he walked in the way of 
Asa, his father. That was his father. So his great-great-great-great-grandfather, King David, and also his father Asa lived for God, and he walked in the same way. Well, guess who comes into the throne? In chapter 21, we read, Jehoshaphat died. Well, he slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David, and Jehoram, his son, reigned in his stead. And it talks about his brethren. So we read in chapter 21, verse 4, these words. Now when Jehoram was risen to the kingdom of his father, he strengthened himself and slew all his brethren with a sword. You know what? You, you should know right away. We got a problem here. Okay, he killed his brothers. All of them. Great guy, right? No, he wasn't. In verse 10, we read this. So the Edomites revolted from under the hand of Judah unto this day. And at the same time, um, also did Libna revolt from under his hand because he had forsaken the Lord God of his fathers. He made the wrong choice, went the wrong way. Verse 12, and there came a writing unto him from Elijah the prophet, saying, Thus saith the Lord God of David, thy father, because thou hast not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat, thy father, nor in the ways of Asa, king of Judah, but hast walked in the way of the kings of Israel, and hast made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to go whoring. And he continues on in this story and tells him that he's going to face judgment. Do you know what he followed? He followed the family of his wife. And he made the wrong choice. And he went the wrong way. Ahaziah took his place in chapter 22, verses 3 and 4, where we read, He also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother was his counselor to do wickedly. I have read that verse, and I just stand in awe. What a horrible story. What a horrible thing to have said about you. He walked in the way of his mother who counseled him to do evil. Verse 4, Wherefore he did evil in the sight of the Lord, like the house of Ahab, for thee were his counselors after the death of his father to his destruction. So we have Jehoram. He comes into the kingdom and he says, Don't want that. Going to follow my own way. He follows the way, actually, because everyone follows someone. He follows the way of his, uh, his wife's family. He goes the wrong direction. And guess what his son does? The same thing. Should that surprise anyone at all? He follows the way of his father and he receives judgment from God. The next king is Joash, chapter 24 and verse 2. Look how fast I'm going through these chapters. In chapter 24 and verse two, uh, 1, Joash was seven years old when he began to reign. He reigned for 40 years. You can read about his mother, but it says this in verse 2, that Joash did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada, the priest. Now I'm going to stop right there. He didn't follow his parents' footsteps. You know why? He didn't have his father to influence him. You say, why? Well, because the king, Ahaziah, was killed and Athaliah came to the kingdom and she killed all the royal seed except one boy by the name of Joash who was hid in the temple for eight years. Not exactly eight years because he was a little boy probably when it took place. And Jehoiada was the priest and Jehoiada had raised him. So guess who he followed? It says it right there. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of the guy who had influenced 
his life. And he made the choice that he would continue to follow in that way. Let's skip now to Uzziah in chapter 26 and in verse 4. And we see about Uzziah in chapter 26, verse 4, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah did. Amaziah had been uh, before this, and Uzziah made the choice. He followed the example that was set. Now, Jotham followed him. Look, if you would, in chapter 27 and verse 2. Jotham was 20 and 5 years old when he began to reign. He reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. And it says, And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Uzziah did. Ahaz came to power in chapter 28 and verse 1. I love this. I've never preached through so many passages in so short a time. And Ahaz, the Bible says, was 20 years old when he began to reign. He reigned 16 years in Jerusalem, but he did not that which was right in the sight of the Lord like David his father. He didn't walk according to his great-great-great-great-great-grandfather or great-great-great, probably whatever anyway. He didn't walk according to him. didn't walk according to his father or his grandfather because they had both made the choice. The last two kings had both made the choice. We are going to live for God. But he went his own way. He did his own thing. And he did not follow his father. But look in chapter 29. There's a guy by the name of Hezekiah. Have you ever heard of King Hezekiah? Hezekiah was a good king, a good man, a man that God blessed in many different ways. In fact, God answered a prayer of his when he heard he was going to die and gave him extra years of his life. Hezekiah was a godly man, and he followed the right example. Chapter 29 and verse 2 says this, And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David his father had done. He said, well, wait a second, David was his father. I know, he was his Great, 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 great. I should have counted those all out. Then we could have had a lot of fun with that this morning. But you got the general idea, don't you? He followed the ways of David, but guess who he didn't follow? His own dad. Who had walked the wrong way and done the wrong thing. Wow. Here we are. We have this list of kings that we come to all through the book of Chronicles. And guess what? It's not over. Ammon, Am, Ammon, sorry, Ammon was next in line, chapter 33. In chapter 33, we read in verse uh, 22, and um, I'm sorry, no, I missed that. I missed one. 33, verse 2. Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign. And he says this in verse 2, But did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, like unto the abominations of the heathen, whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. For he built again the high places, which Hezekiah his father had broken down. Hezekiah's father said, No, get rid of this stuff. We're not going to serve the false gods of this world. And his son came in and said, Yeah, let's build it up. Let's take care of this. Let's do this. And he didn't follow his father. Now, Ammon was right after him. There we go. Chapter 33, verse 22. But he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as did Manasseh, his father. And notice what it says after that. And Ammon, Ammon sacrificed unto all the carved images which Manasseh's father had made and served them, and humbled not himself before the Lord as Manasseh's father had humbled himself. But Ammon trespassed more and more. And he got knocked off. But he ended up worse because he followed his own way rather than the right way and actually followed his dad and basically the lesson he had learned from his life, although his dad did get right with God at one point when God 
was going to bring judgment to his life. Wow. Uh, so we have so many different examples before us, but it doesn't end there. Because a guy in chapter 34 by the name of Josiah comes to the throne. In chapter 34, we read in verse 2 these words, And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the ways of David his father, and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. And so there we have it. There are these people that live life. You say, well, what's the point? There is no point. Except, well, there are actually a few points. It's a good question to ask. What would you expect? Honestly, when, when you read through this, wouldn't you, have said, wouldn't you have said to me, Pastor, I know what you're going to do. You're going to read a bunch of kings who followed after their fathers, and they followed their father's example, and their exa father's example was a good example, and, and everything else. But, you know, we find this, that their kids did whatever. You say, so, so what's the point this morning? I can do whatever I want to do. No, 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 no. That is not the point. I hope you will learn a number of lessons from these passages. But the truth of the matter is, some kids had good dads and they did bad. Some kids had bad dads and they did good. Some kids had bad dads and they did bad. Some kids had good dads and they did good. And if I stated everything the way I was supposed to, it's a miracle. But you got the general idea, don't you? Look, look, you say, well, why did you bring it out? For a number of reasons, I hope to explain in the next two points. So the first point was the people and their path. Now, let me share with you the principles to ponder, or the points to ponder, however you'd like to put it. First is for fathers. Because we read about fathers, didn't we? Over and over and over again. So, let me share with you a couple things that we can learn about fathers today. I told you this is going to be a different message. Every parent has influence. If there's nothing you learn from every one of these verses in Scripture that we read this morning, is that parents have influence. You say, what do you mean that they, they have influence? The fact of the matter is, they did influence their children. Now, some made the decision to go another direction. I understand that. But God is acknowledging the fact that David, their great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, had influence, had an impact. Every time it's mentioned here about their father, God is acknowledging and admitting, look, parents have an impact. And this morning on Father's Day, I hope God will touch all dads' heart, hearts with the truth that you are impacting your kids today by how you live. Whether you are a dad or a grandfather or a great-grandfather or a great-great-grandfather or a great-great-great-great-grandfather, I know not. It doesn't matter. The truth is that we need to glean, and moms need to glean this morning. It's a good message for you, too, is that we all have influence. Remember the mother who influenced her son to do wicked, evil things. So everyone in this room who is a parent has influence. And the principle to ponder for fathers is that you have influence. Will you use it in a right way? What a 
what a challenging message. It, there, there shouldn't be a den in this room that isn't stirred by what they read in this passage and consider these passages and consider the fact, look, I have influence. You ever hear the name Shaquille O'Neal? Uh, you know, he was a well-known basketball player. After his career in sports, he, uh, he, he sang. <laughs> he did a rap album. And we're not out to uh, praise his choice in music, all right? But uh, just to share what one of his songs was about, he dedicated a song, get this, on, uh, on his first album, or one of his albums, whatever, to his stepfather. And in the song, he told how his biological father never bothered to help him grow up. It was his stepfather who took him from a boy to a man, and O'Neill wanted to write a song and give a heartfelt tribute to how a father influenced him, impacted him. He say, father, yes, biological or otherwise. He was a father, and he did the job of a father, and he had the right influences as a father. He took time to develop this young man's personal, cultural, and social development. You... you, you uh, got to imagine that a lot of the success that he knew came as a result of someone who had right influence. Because parents influence. Sadly, many grow up without a father to guide them. And I hope each dad here will be committed to being a dad who understands I have influence and I'm going to take advantage of that opportunity and impact my children for Christ. Can I also share a second truth that I gleaned and that, that just kind of jumped out at me? It's this, that God recognizes the influence of parents. It's not just that dads have influence, but it's that God acknowledged that fact in these verses. How many different times? He said, he walked in the ways of, and God, in his word, said, Dad, you have influence, and I recognize it. I recognize when it's bad. I recognize when it's good. I praise when it's good. David, his father, and I dishonor the man, and I deal with the man who chooses to have bad influence upon their kids because God recognizes the influence you have. And if there was no other reason to live for God, I, I mean, you know, some dads, by the way, and it's true. Some dads live right and do the things that are right because, well, I don't want my kids to mess up their lives. I think that's a wonderful reason, but it's not the most important reason. The most important reason you need to live right and have the right influence on your children and in your home is because God watches what you're doing. And God will honor your righteousness and he'll judge your disobedience. You say, uh, really, is it that bad? It is. God judged Manasseh. God judged many of the others that did wrong. Many died early. Others got honored uh, because they lived right and they did right. And so fathers have influence, and God recognizes the influence of a parent. Now, there's a lesson for children. There's not a lot of kids in here today. That's all right. Children still need to learn. And guess what? You happen to be one. That's right. There is no person in this room that's not a child. 
Aren't you encouraged by that? I mean, even even Brother Umstead is 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 a, is a child. Someone's child. <laughs> it's been a few years, hasn't it? All right, since anyone ever called you that. See, I'm calling you young today. You should be happy with me. There you go. <laughs> he doesn't know what to do. He's like he's he's lost. I said something nice about him today, so it's, it just just amazes him. All right, all right. Look, for all children, um, there's some profound truths. First, there's a right way to live and a wrong way. I know that's profound. I know it's really deep, but think about that simple, basic, but really profound truth. But listen, please, young people, listen to this. In our world, anything goes. The attitude of many and the teaching of many is, look, you determine what's right, you determine what's wrong, you just walk in the way that you think is best. In fact, in many places, parent, adults, adults who, by the way, should know better, encourage children that they have the opportunity to influence to not listen to their parents. There are school teachers who do that. Now, not all school teachers are bad. Not all school teachers do that. I'm thankful for that. There are good ones. But there are some authorities who tell people not to listen to authority and tell people you don't have to listen to your, to your parents. Your parents aren't your authority. They're just someone that biologically brought you into this world and they have no business telling you what to do. And the Bible gives a totally different picture. But you know what the Bible presents before us here? God says in his word over and over, there's a right way to live and there's a wrong way to live. There is right and wrong. It is wrong to dishonor and disobey your parents. It is wrong to go a path that displeases God in life. There's right and there's wrong. And we don't hear that in our world a lot, but we need to hear it more. And it needs to be preached more. There is right and there is wrong. And God acknowledges that fact over and over and over in the book of Second Chronicles when he said, this king did that which is good. This king did not do that which is good and that which is right. Because there is a right way to live, there is a wrong way to live, and God tells you to choose the right path for life. There is a right way. There is a wrong way to live. And your choice is vitally important because you choose your path. We said something at the beginning about these things. See, I, it would be nice if I could preach a message. This is, I think, what stood out to me. It would be nice if I could preach a message to say, every child followed and did what his parents did. Actually, it would be nice, but it wouldn't. It all depends on how it all starts, right? But here's the fact of the matter. Not every child did how his parent influenced him. Am I right? Did you, did you see that? It's something you probably would miss. And at and, and, and first, it really didn't dawn on me. But the point is this. You make the choice the direction you're going to go. You know, some people will tell you, environment controls what children do. And, and society determines what, what is right and what is wrong. And, and that is not true. You choose the path that you take. And if there's any encouragement in this passage, by the way, to a parent who sought to, done that, to do that which is right and to train their child in the way that, they're go, that they should go, is that each child made their own decision. Listen to me. Each child made their own decision. Can, can I say it again? Each child made their own decision. Some 
had people to follow who lived a godly life all their lives and gave a great testimony and those children said, nope, going to go my own way. Some said, I've seen what God has done and I've seen how my dad has walked and I want that way. And the point is, you choose your path. And you know what God longs for you to do today? He says, choose the right path. Look, kids, kids, choose the right path. I'm thankful that for most everyone in this room, because I know most of the dads, you've got the right example before you. Thank you, dads. Now, kids, choose the right path. Because you will have to make a choice someday. And you need to go the right way. Hey, here's, the, here's also uh, with that same idea. There were some who had bad fathers. Manasseh was a bad guy. Well, his son followed in his steps, and he was also a bad god. Am, Ammon, bad, bad, bad god, bad guy. There we go. But what happened with the next king? He said, I've seen it, and I'm not going that direction anymore. And I'm going to follow my father, David. And he started to study. Isn't that, isn't that a great thing? Here, here's, he didn't have a good example to follow, but he went back into, into the life and studied out the scrolls that had been written about his father. And he said, this is the way for me. I'm going to walk in it. You see, uh, people will tell you today, well, you don't have a choice. You just end up the way you end up, but you do. Uh, did you hear about the son who had a bad report card? The, the father was reviewing his teenage son's report card, and he was irate. He said, five F's! How could you possibly make five F's? This is the worst card you have ever had! And his son paused for a moment, and he said, what do you think it is, Dad, heredity or environment? <laughs> we, we, we like to act like our problems or our actions are controlled by people or circumstances around us. Now, Here's the truth. They all have influence. They all have an impact. But you make the choice. And the choice you make will determine whether you please God in life or you don't. And so this morning, to all children, uh, and that includes everyone in this room, make right choices. And let me share with you why. Because, because here's the truth. God judges your choice. We don't have time to go back through all these chapters and see this truth. But it's there. Let me tell you, it's there. Many made the decision to live right. And you see how God blessed their life and God worked in their life and God worked with them and how God brought many blessings to their lives and they lived fruitful lives and they did something for the glory of God. But we also read about people like Manasseh who God said, enough is enough. Because listen, God punishes sin. I know that's a hard concept. People don't like to hear that today, but God does punish sin. God judges unrighteousness. And God does say enough is enough. 
Manasseh is just one example of how God says, hey, if you're going to choose to live your own way and do your own thing, that is your choice, but I'm not going to make it easy. Because the Bible does say the way of the transgressor is hard, and God is the one who sees to it that it is. So if you make the choice to do that which is right, you are choosing for your life, a life that is honored of God and blessed of God, and you'll end up, if God blesses you with children, being a father that can be talked about positively like many were in the book of Chronicles. But if you make a choice to go the other direction, no one said your life is going to end. Manasseh's life didn't end. But Manasseh had some real horrible things come that came because he chose to live a life of sin. And you will, may also, by the way, you would make the book of Chronicles one way or the other. Do you know that? Either as a good influence or as a bad. So the question is, which what choice will you make? How do you want to be written in a book? Do you, do you imagine any of these kings ever imagine that they would be in the Word of God and we read about it thousands of years later and we say, ooh, he was bad. Oh, he was good. Is that not amazing to any of you? These people are still impacting people today, either saying, don't go my way, or go my way. So let me share with you. Let's, let's kind of conclude. All right? The practices to pursue. The practices to pursue. As a parent, this morning, I am calling upon you. God is calling upon you, not me. God is calling upon you to set out to be a godly example for your children to follow. Did you hear that? God, this morning, is asking all parents to say, I am going to be a godly example. If my name is written in a book as an example to people, I want it to be written. He did that which is right in the eyes of the Lord. He did that which is good. She lived a godly life. Her children shall rise up and call her blessed. Look, as a parent set out to be a godly example, will some dads make that decision today? Will some grandfathers make that decision today? I want to follow the right path. That is a decision to be made as a parent. Um, here's the truth. You may have regrets with your children. You may have regrets with your past. You can't change your past. You can maybe make some things right about your past if there's some people you wronged or you hurt. You can't change your past, but you today can live for God, and you can begin setting a right example, and you can, for the rest of your days, as long as God gives you life, you can choose to walk a path that is pleasing to the Lord. So, child or parent, will you make that choice? Will you decide? In fact, as a child, make the right choice. Here's the choice. To follow a godly pattern if it's set out by your parents. I put two points for all people, just kind of to tie, tie things together. Two points for all people. Look, if you've only had bad examples around you, live above them. All right, this is, I know, profound truth number one. You will never forget. Okay? And here's truth. If you have only bad examples around you, live above them. You can. 
and beyond them. You can. You don't have to live like everyone else. Now, number two, if you have good examples to follow, live to their pattern and go beyond. Live to their pattern and go beyond. I love how we read about the last king, was it Josiah, who took time to uh, study the word of God and learn what God wanted for his life, and he went beyond. And that's what God wants. So two points for all people. If you have only bad examples around you, live above them. Make the right choice and serve God. If you have good examples to follow, live to their pattern and go beyond for the glory of God. This morning, God wants us from 2 Chronicles to discern the truth, to decide what we're going to do, and then to act in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. So the question is, what are you going to do? It's Father's Day! And I don't know, maybe it sounds like a harsh message, but the truth of the matter is, we read about a lot of fathers. A lot of fathers who had impact on their children. We learned about children who made their choice to do whatever they were going to do. But the fact of the matter is, we all have something to do. Fathers, mothers, children. We all have choices to make. We all have actions to take. And what we do is bearing on what our God thinks of us. Does. So, what decision do you need to make today? So that, if you were in the book of Second Chronicles, God would be able to write a view, well, his father did that which was right. And of a child, they followed in the footsteps of their godly parent. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. With heads bowed, eyes closed.